Hey everyone, welcome to Unlikely to Apologize. I'm one of your hosts, Nikki. And I'm Heather. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. It's March 1st. It is March 1st. It's my birthday month. Yay. Yay. I always love a new month. There's something like refreshing about like, it just feels like a fresh start of like, oh, I really screwed up last month. Can right. I fix this month? I'm going to continue with, uh, it's not the new year yet. Now it's the new year because it's, it's March 1st. <laughs> well, I always say January is my practice month, but I don't know what that would then make February. <laughs> right. Oh man. How was your weekend? It was good. It was busy, but I don't really feel like I did a whole lot. Um, we had flag football on Saturday and then their end of year party. And I don't remember what I did on Sunday. (laughs) What about you? Uh, John and I hung out, had a few drinks Friday nights, um, stayed up and like FaceTime with another couple that were really good friends with. So that was like a late night. Um, Went to a crawfish boil on Saturday, but it was so fucking cold. <laughs> like I couldn't, gross. I was not happy. I mean, I ate my crawfish and I was like, all right, I'm done. Um, and we had a few more drinks and then I was in bed by like 8, 15, 8, 30. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Sunday I ran some errands because I wanted to buy like some outfits or some things for Vegas um, in a couple of weeks. Oh, you go to Vegas this month. I do. I'm very excited. First girls trip since like before the pandemic with like my friends from home. So very excited. That's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, we have a busy week this week. We have a very busy week this week. I think we're doing podcast stuff every single day. Is it every day or do we have It's like every day except for Thursday. So we have one day, right? (laughs) We work full-time job and (laughs) we have something every day. I know. Gavin started baseball this week. So yeah. So you're even busier because at least I don't want to worry about bringing kids somewhere (laughs) all the things all the things things. all right well let's jump into it katie all the things (gasps) about katie my god i wanted to sit there and just like i want to hang out with her i know i love her so i i was re-listening to it today and i was like i'm not really talking very much but then i was like oh because you were total fangirling her (laughs) that i was like nervous to speak Um, and so I feel like towards the end, I'm like kind of more participating, but I, I don't know. I was just in such awe of her that I just didn't want to say anything because I just wanted her to just talk. Right. I think I totally called you out on your fangirling stuff too. Cause I was like, Heather is totally fangirling right now, but like, she's, she's amazing. Um, it was so wonderful to like hear, you know, everything that she's been doing and, and, and a lot of the things that she was saying, she's very knowledgeable. Um, I loved the one of the things that like stuck out to me because I re-listened yesterday too I love the like finding herself and and you know standing her own ground and what she wanted for herself and that to me is just like absolutely amazing yeah no that was knowing who she was and who she wasn't and and like leaving a marriage because it didn't fill her as she needed it to is right. just incredible because most yeah. people wouldn't have the strength to do that Right. Stay and be miserable. Yeah. And I think it's a, it's a good story. And I think we even touched a little bit topic about how it's okay to not be okay. And like, we're finally getting to a point, I think in the world or in society where, you know, it is okay to sit down with your spouse and go, you know what, maybe this isn't what we thought it was going to be. And that's okay. So I think it's, she shares a very beautiful 
story of, you know, coming together with her, you know, now ex-husband and making decisions that were meant for her to make. Yes. No, she has a beautiful story. Um, and it led her to where she is now. She just moved to Colorado. I know we should, uh, which I'm so jealous. (laughs) Oh my gosh. No, I, on her Instagram, when she posts in the morning, like her view from where she lives is like this beautiful mountain. It's so pretty. (laughs) It's so pretty. So pretty, but no, she's built this incredible business. Um, and I love where she says that she takes, she helps women take back control of their health, their fitness and their happiness. And I just feel like it's so important to encompass all three that it's not just like a one piece that you kind of have to be in tune with all of it for it to be a total wellness. Of course. Yeah. I 100% love, love what she's doing. So I feel like we started talking about like a lot of things, like there was nutrition, there was fitness. I think we have a little bit of hormones. Um, we and did. She, she's mentioning that she's trying to create, was it creating a new program where she's going to start incorporating like all of that? Cause I know you did something with her in the past, right? No. So I actually worked with Corinne. Um, oh, that's but right. I reached out. Yeah, no, I reached out to Katie asking her, she has, she has a course currently going called master your metabolism where she kind of helps women. It's obviously it's named master your metabolism. Um, and so I actually reached out to her asking her about that. And she said that she doesn't think she's going to run it again because she's creating her new program, which will incorporate that. That's and I think she said April or May. Um, it doesn't have a name or anything like that yet, but I'm excited. I told I her to put me on the list. I want to be on the wait list for it. Awesome. We should get her back on when that's all launched and ready to go. So she could talk. Ooh, about it a little we should. Bit more. Yes. Well, I can't wait for everybody to listen to it. I think it's time for us kind of like winding down. Um, yes. I think it's very important. You said something earlier today that I think it's important to share that it's just been incredible to just talk with all these various women and bring them oh together. Gosh. Like it's. I, yeah, no. Well, every time we talk to somebody and I listen back, I'm like, oh, this is my favorite. Oh, nope. This is my favorite. And it's just hearing these women share their stories and their wisdom is such an incredible thing to experience. Um, because, and, and I know you and I have touched on this before, like they all have very different stories, but like the root of it is very similar. Right. And it's, you know, they want to find their most authentic self. They make these major life changes because they're not happy and they need to heal past trauma. Um, and so just listening to these women share their stories and their journeys and how they've built their lives that they're living now through this, their experience, it's just something beautiful. And I feel very blessed that we get to have these conversations. Right. It's, uh, it's definitely more than I thought it would be. I have to be quite honest. <laughs> it's definitely, you know, I always knew that you know, we all have stories and we all have, you know, things that we've, we've gone through, but just to hear people be so honest and open about it, you know, I'm talking to strangers. Right. And and so it's just finding these vulnerable moments. So I'm very, as you said, blessed, um, 
to be a part of this as well. And with that being said, if you guys know anybody, if you want to share your story, please reach out to us. Uh, you can slide into our DMs on Instagram at Unlikely to Apologize Podcast. You can also find us on our personal ones. I'm Nikki Cams. I am Heather Lynn Flores. You can also email us at hello at unlikely to apologize.com. Um, and also if you really like us, leave us a rating, um, yes. or a review, <laughs> <laughs> we need reviews. That's how other people will find us. Right. So anything to help us out, uh, cause we want to continue to connect all the women together and share their stories. Yes. So. And we hope you enjoyed this one. This is yeah. A good one. Enjoy it. And, uh, have a great day, everyone. See you next time. Hi, Katie. Welcome um, to the show. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. We're so excited to have you here. I think Heather's a little fangirl. I'm so fangirl. (laughs) (laughs) I love that so much. I love that. But know this, I say this to everybody. I'm like a human. I'm always a human on the other end of this. So like, I'm so ready to just like dive in and connect. Yes. Awesome. Oh, so excited. Um, why don't we start with a little bit about yourself? Yes. Amazing. So my name is Katie Saltzman. I am a personal trainer. I'm a nutrition coach. I'm originally from the Detroit area, just moved to Colorado a couple of months ago on this sort of journey in life, a new chapter. Um, luckily my business is virtual. So I have a business called conditioned by Katie and I truly, I help women, um, take back control of their health, their fitness and their happiness. So, um, I sort of shifted in my journey from this weight loss coach to really like true total body wellness and just changing the conversation, um, around women and the way they take care of themselves and the way they, um, take care of their body and talk to their body. So, I have this insane passion for helping women become the best versions of their self. Oh my gosh. I love that. Awesome. That's amazing. So was there anything, you know, you started off as, you know, looking into weight loss and, and whatnot. So what kind of triggered you to move into this more of a wellness style? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. So I think uh, understanding that it's not just physical, right? I think that you transition as a coach as, and as your journey transitions as well. And for so long to me, weight loss was physical. I mean, I have really been on my, you know, I've lost 30 pounds myself and I really, I came from like disordered eating and a background of like, just truly hating my body, like zero confidence, always comparing myself and when I started to lose weight, I started to, you know, just feel better. And I, and I really knew at that point where I was like, I, I really want to get into the health and fitness industry, but it was all physical. Right. And then you get down to a point where I was at my lowest weight, but my body was the most stressed out. I still hated my body. Right. I'm 30 pounds down and, and I don't have an ounce more of confidence. And that's when you really start to realize that, okay, there's so much more to this journey. Like this is not just physical. This is mental, emotional. This is about well-being. and weight loss is a byproduct, right? And sometimes weight loss works when you're not working on the other stuff, but it only works for so long, right? You know, maybe you get lucky on those fad diets and, and I did for a little bit to lose that weight, but then I bounced back up even heavier. And then I was just like the unhappiness just doubled and tripled because it was, I had not only put on the weight, but I was even more defeated with my self-worth. So I think initially transitioning into coaching, I was comfortable coaching weight loss. And then I was like, all right, let's peel back the onion. Give me more. Like what's going on? Right. I did the fad diets. I like that you brought that up. I was a huge weight watchers person since I was 
and you hear me talk about this all the time, probably since I was 18. And I would, you know, win at it and be, could became competition. How much can I lose this week? How much can I lose this week? And then as soon as I would, you know, drop off or have a bad couple of weeks, I would essentially go, all right, I'll get back into it. I'll get back into it. I never actually mm-hmm. taught myself my relationship with food. It was always this portion, this portion, this portion, this many points, this many points, this many points. And then when it's not something that I found as I'm getting older, probably recently in the last three years, I'm like, this is not something I want to be a part of in the sense of measuring my food. I want to be able to look at something, go, okay, I can eat this. I'll be fine without having the stigma behind it that, you know, I'm going to gain a pound this week, or I'm going to gain a pound tomorrow if I get on the scale. It's just this relationship that you kind of develop. So fad diets has always been like this toxic thing for me because I'm like oh next one I've tried keto I've done you know I've gone through it all yeah Yeah, no I did uh South Beach diet I did low carb um you know fat free (laughs) right Um, I mean all All of them them. all of them protein yeah Yeah. (laughs) right I did the oh sorry I did the cabbage Go ahead. Sorry. I did the cabbage soup diet when I was 14 years old with my mom. And I don't know if you've ever heard of the cabbage soup diet. I still do it. Like if I have a bad weekend (laughs) on on Sunday so I can eat it all week. This is how toxic my brain is. What what exactly is the cabbage soup diet? No, that makes me want to cringe. You can't do that. You can't do that to yourself. I know. I know. I'm working cabbage soup for a week. That's it. That's it. You've eaten it. I've had it. It's good. good. That's all you eat for a week. I mean, that's not all I eat for a week. I substitute, I fast breakfast. So then I'll have it for lunch and then I eat my dinner. I'm crazy. I'm crazy. This is. I love that she has you in on this without even knowing. That <laughs> it's like, it's like her diet cabbage soup. <laughs> She's like, you've eaten it. I'm like, it's delicious. It's really but good. I didn't know, but I didn't know all I was supposed to be eating. No, so my problem is I'll eat the cabbage soup. So I feel like I, I'm kind of the opposite where I, if I, so I have shared, um, we had infertility issues. And so with, um, miscarriage and trying to get pregnant and not, I'm an emotional eater. Mm -hmm. And so I actually gained 50 plus pounds in a year going through this infertility journey. And so the opposite of what Nikki does, where she, you know, if she eats one thing bad, she just won't eat. I'm the opposite where I'm like, well, I already had the cake. So it won't matter if I eat the bag of chips and then it's just this spiral of eating everything. And then I just cry. Cause then I'm like, I don't yeah. even know what you do next. Um, so I'm kind of and, where she doesn't eat and I eat everything. And I'm like you where I, I used to be a really big emotional eater and it's that all or nothing mindset, right? The second you feel like you're failing, it's like, well, I'm going to eat whatever I want because tomorrow I'm back on and I'm strict and I'm doing this. And that like, that's, there's different levels, right. Of like, uh, of emotional eating or different levels of really like diet culture behavior. And I almost, I almost call it like this disordered eating. And there's the difference between disordered eating and eating disorders is that disordered eating is, is just a, I would say a lower end version of like an eating disorder where an eating disorder is more extreme, but a lot of us go through the disordered eating, the all or nothing mindset, the self-destructive behavior, the punishing ourselves, punishing ourselves, punishing our body, I ate this. So I have to go, you know, work out and do all of this cardio. And even, even with like the weight watchers, let's take that for an example, because I work with so many women coming off of weight watchers where it works for a certain period of time. Right. And then you start to notice behaviors where you're like binging on the zero point foods and you're eating food that has almost zero nutritional value. That doesn't make you feel good just because it fits into your points. 
And what happens with that is that it, and what happens with all of these diets is they teach you nothing about your body, right? They don't teach you about nutrition, about metabolism, about building muscle, about how to build satisfying meals. So we're always on this big giant roller coaster. We're always trying to achieve something that's unachievable with what we're doing because we're only approaching it from one aspect when what we really need to do is dive into the mental and emotional part of why we're punishing ourselves, why we're doing the stuff that we're doing. And then all of a sudden the weight loss actually becomes easier. If you break it down, like your metabolism, it, it can, you can simplify it. Right. So is there something I keep going back to, so you start talking about the cabbage diet. So yeah. I want to get back into that, but I also want to know a little bit more of, you know, was there events or something that happened that made you go, okay, I've, I've focused, I've worked with weight loss. Let's, let's get to the next part. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I have been through, I've been through quite a bit in the last three years and I'm just really starting to open up and talk about it. But I would say my twenties, I was probably like the most naive person, right? Like I just, you know, lived, I lived life. It was like, I focused mostly on my physical appearance And I probably didn't focus on being the best person or the best friend. And then you transition into your thirties and all of a sudden, like just truly like my own happiness and the happiness of people around me and that I love and care about started to become more important. And then I started to go through things in life. So I was married in the last three years, you know, I've been through a miscarriage. I've been through a divorce. I've been through a pretty emotionally abusive relationship. And all of a sudden, you know, you have all of these things and it's like, I'm not the only one going through this. You know, I'm not the only one working through these things. And maybe when you're 20, weight loss is cool. But in your 30s, it's like, I I hear stories from women so often going through things. And it's like, we have to learn how to take care of our bodies through mental trauma, through emotional trauma, just through honestly, everyday stress, just years and years of not putting ourselves first and not really knowing where to start. And that was the biggest thing where I was like, it's almost like I want, I wanted to become the coach that I needed at that time when I was going through that. So I just put the things in place to do that and got the certifications and just started diving so much deeper with my clients. Great. Um, go ahead. Well, so I was going to ask, um, you know, you, you mentioned going through and healing trauma, Mm -hmm. um, you know, mental, emotional, and then like the weight loss kind of follows, I guess my question is what are kind of the steps maybe that you took um, through your own journey, right? You said miscarriage, divorce, um, an emotional or abusive relationship. I guess, what did the start of your healing journey kind of look like to kind of get you to where you are today? The start of my healing journey was realizing, um, one that I was not taking care of myself emotionally. You know, I was stressed out. I wasn't sleeping, I wasn't seeing results. My body ached all the time. And I'm somebody where, you know, I'm a trainer and I'm a nutrition coach and you sort of pride yourself off of that. And then you realize that your body isn't feeling good and you're not taking care of it. And how am I not sleeping? And I'm, you know, seeing the scale sort of creep up and starting to realize that I'm probably creating, you know, a hormone imbalance because of the stress that I'm putting on my body. Um, And it was really that where I was like, this has to be approached from a different aspect because what I did when I wasn't going through these things, isn't going to work because my body is under more stress, right? And weight loss. I really try and teach women that weight loss is a stress management. Like that's really what we're dealing with. We're trying to balance things because look, a calorie deficit is a stress in the body. A fad diet is a stress in the body, exercise, hormones, getting little sleep, 
all of these things are stressors. And if you can, you know, imagine a cup, right. And you're putting stressors into the cup. There's only so much that can fit before it starts overflowing. And when it starts overflowing, you start getting, you know, hormone imbalances. You, you feel like your body's starting to work against you, you know, where you're doing all the things you're all doing all the exercise, you're doing all the dieting that you think is right, but you're not seeing any results. Right. I've been taking such a deep dive probably in the last two years with hormonal imbalances. And I wish I started at such a young age. Um, it's starting to come out a little bit more. I start talking more. I was diagnosed with endometriosis back when I was 28 years old, not realizing how obviously the stress on my body from that, but not realizing the amount of hormone imbalances that was taking place at the same time and all these stressors adding it in the last two, I would say about two, three years, I started researching more of understanding how my estrogen works, how my progesterone works testosterone, all of that stuff that I didn't even know I needed to necessarily pay attention to. And then I started realizing or seeing the dips and how I felt emotionally, or when I was really, really stressed out, what day it was like in my cycle or what, or, or, you know, what time of the month, let me rephrase that, what time of the month it would be like, those things started, started roaring their heads at me. So I started to learn more how to manage that and which essentially, essentially started helping with managing my pain. So it's very, it's very interesting to hear you say hormonal imbalances because mm -hmm. I'm so like deep in it now <laughs> with it. And, yeah. and it's something I wish we would teach younger girls, quite honestly, to understand their bodies at such a young age. I, I have one of the most embarrassing stories ever to share. I recently had just had a hysterectomy, but I kept my ovaries, not thinking of anything. Her and I were shopping and I was like, what happens to my eggs? Like, do they bust out of me like a Kool-Aid guy? Like what's <laughs> like, what happens yeah. to them? So I go to the doctor and I kind of asked the question the same way. And he's like, oh, you know, they'll just, they'll just like dissipate. And also, you know, you still have hormones. So you're going to go through a cycle. And I said, excuse me, what do you mean? <laughs> I still have hormones. Like you took the, the big part out. Like he's like, oh yeah, that's all stored in your ovaries. I'm like, huh. Didn't know that. Didn't know that. I'm 20 or 22, <laughs> 36 years old. And I'm just learning that my hormones are in my ovaries. Great. Thanks doc. Yeah. It's amazing. We're not taught about our hormones as women and, and managing that. And even like thinking, like I try and teach my clients, like sync their cycle to their workouts, because, you know, we, we get frustrated when we're feeling like lazy or at different times of the month, we have to realize it's actually our cycle. You know, our, we go through different phases, different energy levels. And when we start to honor that and work with that, our bodies actually, it becomes so much more simple and it becomes easy. Like I, I, one of the things I like to say is this can be easy and this can be fun when you start to learn about your body, when you start to learn how it works, but when you're doing everything to work against your body and you're only trying to diet it down and trying to shrink it and focusing on what you can take away instead of what you can add, that's when we end up like just again, with all of these hormone imbalances and, you know, feeling not good in our skin every day. And I wish, you know, more than anything that hormones were taught at a young age, because especially so many people will have PCOS or endometriosis or bad periods. And your period, your cycle is like your fifth vital sign, right? It really is. And whatever's going on in your cycle, that's your body telling you something isn't right. There's something going on in your body, but what they do is they put you on a hormonal birth control without really telling you what it's going to do to your body. And without, you know, there's no protocol to put you on birth control to get you off birth, birth control. And keep in mind, I'm not completely against birth control. I think it's, it's, it's created some amazing opportunities for women to have more freedom in their life. But at the same time, they don't tell you the risks or the repercussions 
with your body functioning off of a synthetic hormone for so long and your natural hormones just being turned off. Right. Yeah, no, I, my, so I have hormonal issues. I have a long list of issues, but following, um, fertility treatment. So we did IUIs that comes with hormone medication. We did two rounds of IVF in 2020. So all of the shots, all of the pills, I mean, because the, the first process to start an IVF cycle is birth control. Um, and so I just, there's no, there was no conversation had by any doctor that said, Hey, there could be lingering side effects of these hormones that we're just pumping into your body. And then you do an egg retrieval and you've got all of it's just, and so I'm still, um, you know, my cortisol levels are through the roof. My metabolism isn't functioning properly. I have hypothyroidism. I can't lose weight, like all of these things. And there's no help for you afterwards. It's just like, Oh, not only this, but you didn't get a baby go. <laughs> You're on your own. Yeah. And so it's, it's, yeah. So I kind of have a similar like hormonal issues yeah. going on as well. Well, first of all, you're a rock star. You're incredible. You went through so much. Like you were just saying that and I got chills because that's so much for your body to go through mentally, physically, and emotionally. Right. And you also are in a position where you don't get the outcome that you want and you don't have, like, they have a process. Yes. But are they really caring about like, again, how you're feeling your nutrient deficiencies, putting you on birth control, what all these hormones are going to do. And then you're sort of like left in the dust. Right. And, and it's up to you to reach out to other people and find all of these different things, because especially with birth control, it causes so many nutrient deficiencies in our bodies because our hormones aren't functioning and we're not processing and we're not getting rid of excess estrogen and all these different things. Um, but it causes nutrient deficiencies. So you don't feel as good. You, you definitely will have trouble getting pregnant. You have thyroid, I mean, thyroid issues. It's sort of like the list keeps going on when we're not just like, instead of just being educated about all of these things. And it is, it actually is becoming a lot more popular to educate women on hormones and taking back control of their body. If you're following the right people. Right. That's true too. Yeah. So you started talking about how you were stressed and you notice all these different stressors were adding in, um, to your day, to your daily routine, I will say. And it started opening your eyes to needing to understand emotional health, mental health, all these things. What was that like diving into? Oh, a whole new world for me. You know, I was always, <laughs> I, you know, there's, there's a masculine. I don't know if you guys are into like energies, like masculine energy and feminine energy. Oh, I, I saw the hands. I love it. So you, I mean, we, we have masculine and feminine energy just in general in life, but in, when it comes to weight loss, our bodies, achieving goals, when it comes to getting through anything, right. Really, it's like a get shit done mindset. That's me personally. That's how I grew up. That's how I've always attacked things. I'm like, I need structure. I need this and I need, I'm going to go, and this is what's going to work. Um, and learning the feminine energy aspect of it was really difficult for me. And when I first started to hear about this, like feminine energy, like, you know, how are you actually, I, I think I had like a business coach be like, but how are you? And I'm like, what do you mean? But like, don't we want to talk about my business? Um, and then I started to like implement this into every aspect of my life where I was like, I didn't understand it at first. Cause I'm like, I'm a female, right? I'm feminine. I don't get, I don't get what you mean. And then I started to realize that everything I was approaching from a very stressful structured standpoint. And when you do that, you're not really truly living your authentic self and you're not living an authentic life. And you're also not 
really caring about what you need and what your body needs. And I had a coach say to me when I was like in the heart of all of this is she said, Katie, how do you have fun in life? And that one question really shifted so much for me because I'm like, what do you mean? Do we have fun anymore? Like I'm in, I'm 30. Do I have, I don't know what's fun. And she said, when was the last time that you pictured yourself having fun? If you can think of a time when you were younger and I thought about it and it took me a long time. And I said, probably when I was dancing with my friends, when I was younger, dancing with my friends, I, if you watch my reels on my Instagram, I'm always doing these goofy dances. I'm always doing something. (laughs) And I didn't do that for so long. I was stuck in this like structure, this like box I was trying to fit in that wasn't me at all. And now that I start learning about my human design and I'm a manifesting generator, like I really do need to have more light and bright and fun. And when I tried to dim that for so long, um, it didn't work well. So it was really the steps for me where that, that one question shifted everything is that I don't have fun in my life at all. So she challenged me to start dancing every single day, like even by yourself, like just dance for a minute, put in a song, dance for five minutes. And that went into like starting to take hip hop dance classes when I was 30 years old. And it just really opened up this world of like, this is actually what it's like, you know, it, it, it has, it gets to be fun. And now I get to teach women that this gets to be fun. The movement, the weight loss, the metabolism, it doesn't have to take away from your life. It can add to your life. But that all came from experience with starting to um, realize that I didn't always have to be lifting weights, that yoga was okay too. And um, movement didn't have to be for burning calories. Movement could be to just move my body and dance and have fun as well. Right. I listened to one of your podcasts a couple of weeks ago. And because we've been talking about how I, I feel like I'm repeating myself, but I punish myself, right? So like if I don't go to the gym in the morning, because I have a set structure in which my, my body has to work through the day, I have to do my workout in the morning, that I'm starting to teach myself, if I don't go in the morning, but I take my dogs for a walk, you're fine. Yeah. You moved. And I'm yes. this is the lesson at, I'm going to be 37 and then next month, this is the lesson I'm now teaching myself. So long as I'm moving, I have no problem. I will dance in the middle of a grocery store, but I don't count that as like, movement, so to speak. I'm now starting to learn to accept all of that as my body moving. So you had said something in your podcast along the lines of, if you just go for a walk, that counts or that's movement. And I was like, huh, this is exactly what I needed to hear because I don't think I went boxing this that morning. And I was like, I'm going to walk and I'm going to be fine. (laughs) It's, I, I love, first of all, it makes me smile that you listened and you sort of honored that, but it's really just coming back to, again, that all or nothing mindset where we feel like if we can't work out perfect today, if we can't get our 10,000 steps and if we can't eat healthy, then I'm not going to do anything at all. And, and my favorite sort of, my favorite thing that I like to say is instead of the all or nothing mindset, how do we live in mate? or momentum to where like some days, some weeks are just maintenance. We have weeks that are busy where life just life happens, right? We have all these other obligations. And before we would get frustrated, we would punish ourselves. We would, you know, emotionally eat that week because we can't be perfect on our diets. And then it's, then we're always bouncing back between like two steps, like one step forward, two steps back. But if we live in the maintenance or momentum and just say, look, I can't do everything today, but what can I do? You know, I can go for a walk. I can focus on hydration. And you wouldn't have done those things before. All of a sudden you're not bouncing around from back and forth, back and forth. You're either maintaining where you're at, which there's so much value in maintaining. I maintenance is results because we're always seeing the scale go up, down, up, down. If we can maintain that's amazing. And then all of a sudden we hit weeks where we can have more momentum and we have more space to open up, to put ourselves first. 
So all of a sudden we're inching forward continually instead of forward, back and forward and back. And one thing I want to say with the walking that most women don't know is that, so you're neat, your non-exercise activity thermogenesis, which is basically a really fancy word of saying like every, all your movement, when you do, when you're not, um, exercising, when you're not sleeping, all those calories burned in between is a bigger part of your metabolism than your workouts. Your exercise is 10% of your metabolism. Your daily movement is 15%. So if you're going to focus on one thing, go for a walk because that will set the, the tone for your body to just burn more calories at rest. That, that says like, all right, this is what we do every single day. So if you can focus on one thing, I'm always focusing on foundation up. Why are we, why are we doing hit training when we're getting 2000 steps a day? That doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. It, it's never going to work. How do we build the foundation, those steps, then we add in strength training. And then if you want to get fancy and you want to add in hit training, personally, I don't like that anymore. I'll never put my body through that because it doesn't respond well but I used to do it all the time, but it's starting from foundation up of what's really the least effective and what's the most effective. And we only have time for so much. So let's focus on what's the most effective. Right. Oh, I like that. So you're, so the most effective thing would be for somebody, let's say who's starting out is to just start walking and then add in weights. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. So I have, if you can picture like a pyramid for nutrition and then also for fitness as well, this is how I focus on metabolism. Bottom of the pyramid is most important on both sides. So in the movement aspect of it, you're going to have your walking at the bottom. That's most important. Then we go up, it's going to be strength training for your metabolism. Most women are doing over stressful workouts for their body. They're doing the running, they're doing the hit training. Why? Because it burns the most calories on their Apple watch, but it's actually the least efficient form of training because you're not building any muscle. You might be burning calories. Yes. But when you're strength training, your muscle is breaking down and rebuilding for 24 to 48 hours after. So you'll continually burn calories there, even though your Apple watch doesn't say that. And you're also building lean muscle on your body and lean muscle is what burns fat. Lean muscle is what allows you the ability to burn more calories at rest. So on a day where I just feel like sitting on the couch and not doing anything, my body is burning more calories because I have more lean muscle on my body. So yeah, it's walking, then strength training, then it's going to be your cardio. And then at the very, very top is HIIT training. And this is honestly the least effective for most women I work with, because most women I work with, their bodies are overly stressed. They're overly stressed. They struggle with anxiety. They feel like they can't get their shit together. Right. <laughs> right. So why are we adding the most, <laughs> why are we adding the most stressful form of exercise? That's the least effective into your routine every single week. Right. right. I think that's a lot to do with culture too, right? Like you sit on Instagram or you sit on Facebook and you see everybody's like tiny little bodies and they're doing hit training or you go on Pinterest, yeah. all you see, right? So you, you imagine yourself having to be at that place. And in reality, we're all, we're all freaking different and we can yeah. start very small. I was actually told recently that because of my lab work that I am not supposed to do hit training. Uh, no, absolutely not. Especially if you're dealing with a hormone imbalance and thyroid issues, Mm -hmm. that's the first thing that I'll cut out is hit training over gluten, over dairy. No, we're changing up your exercise routine because that's the biggest stress on the body. Um, so yeah, you, you definitely should stay away from hit training, more lower heart rate strength training, um, longer breaks in between things that we're not used to, right? We're like, I'm going to do bicep curls and then hop into a set of burpees because I want to get my heart rate up. But that is actually what you really, truly want to stay away from. I have like so much nutrition questions, but I want to focus on you. <laughs> I know I feel like I'm good. For, 
<laughs> I'm so good for the nutrition questions. You, but we'll definitely, like, we'll see where this conversation leads you, but I have so much. Um, <laughs> so realizing that you had all of these stressors and, and, and understanding how your body feels in certain moments, I think is where I'm going with this question. Was there any pivotal health issue or just stressors? A lot of the common themes that we've gotten from a lot of women has been, you know, stressors with work, stressors at home. You mentioned earlier, you know, recently going through a divorce, having a miscarriage or any of those kind of like, all right, let's get my shit together. Where can I start? Yeah. I mean, there were, there were two things. Um, one was when I had my miscarriage, I bled for 50 days after and which was insane. Yeah. It was like, like I was teaching, I remember teaching class at Equinox and I sat down on the floor to do core and I like started like bleeding. Like it was heavy bleeding. I had to go to the hospital that day. Luckily it was a class of women and they were just wonderful and fantastic. But, um, I, that was that point where I said, like, they put me on bed rest, first of all, for two weeks. And you also, they, my body basically was pretending like it was still giving birth. I didn't need to have a DNC because my body had gotten rid of what it needed to, but it didn't, it almost like didn't catch up. It didn't know that it had gotten rid of it. So it was sort of pretending that it was, but on top of that, like that was my mindset three years ago where I was like, Oh, I just went through a miscarriage. Let me just work out to be happy. Right. Right. Like, let me just, let me just work out my feelings and try and focus on my body. Cause that's really what it needed. Come on. Yeah. Um, so it was that point where I was like, this is not the way to approach things. And I did start working with a hormone expert then. And that's what really got me interested in getting like a hormone certification and starting to dive into that more. Um, so there was that point, And then gosh, maybe, I don't know, six months ago, I just wasn't feeling like myself. And I went to, I went and had all my blood work done and I had super low progesterone. I mean, to the point where like low is, I think low was like 1.3 or, you know, I think that was the low end. And I was 0.03. Oh my God. And she said, I don't even know how you're not in this like full-blown depression. And I was like, I honestly don't know either. I just know that I'm more tired. I'm lucky that I'm a very happy, upbeat person, can push through things. But I had been through so much that I wasn't taking care of my sleep. I wasn't really focusing on what I needed to do. I was doing a lot more than I would have back in the day. I can't imagine if I was in the mindset that I was in back in the day and still doing that while I was going through all of this. I can't imagine where my body would be now. So I'm grateful that I had healed my relationship with food and my body and working out and all of those things. But it's to say that even as a trainer and a nutrition coach, like if you're truly not honoring yourself and honoring where you're at and what makes you happy and what lights you up, it is going to affect your body. Right. If you wake up every single day stressed and tired and you're ending every single day stressed and tired, that is not a life to live. And that's one of the biggest reasons why I literally packed up and moved to Colorado because my energy was no longer matching my environment. I'd been through a lot and I was living in my past and I was like, I, I need to create a new life for myself because I don't want to be this person. I have to create my happiness. Oh, I love that. That speaks so so much to me and we're at like the conversations that we've just been having mm -hmm. um over the last couple of weeks with different women that we've been talking to um and I just feel like a common theme is a lot of them saying like I didn't put myself first I wasn't taking care of myself and the first thing I did was figure out what I need to do to put me first and then I just did it and a lot of them like quit their jobs right so 
quit their jobs, you moved, um, right? Just like these major, like life life changes, yes. To just kind of kickstart their journey into healing, right? It's there funny. is this. Oh, go ahead. There's a major push for like women empowerment and truly honoring your most authentic self, and it's a really beautiful thing because for so long women were taught that their self worth was their body. Right. Right. And then we start to realize that actually our self-worth isn't our body and putting our self-worth in our body is what is making us so unhappy every single day. Because just like I tried to, when you're going through things in life, you think, oh, let me just shrink myself. Let me just get to the weight that I want and then I'll be happy. Or when everything in your life is feeling out of control, you think the one thing that is in my control is my body. So then we try and go to control that even more and we knock down our self-worth where now it's like, wait, who are you? Who are you as a person? What makes you happy? What lights you up? And then also what doesn't light you up? What's a hell no in your life? And we're getting this confidence to start getting rid of the hell no's and start living for the hell yeses. And it's the most beautiful thing to see women do. No, we, like I said, we've had conversations. I mean, you're the, the third or fourth woman that we've talked to recently that has said like the very same or a similar the, the comment, create the thing you need. Yes. Create the much, thing you need. Say yes to myself. Yeah. It's, 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 it's like you said, it's a beautiful thing to see all these women it from really all is. different walks of life having the same, the same mindset of going shit. All right. It's my turn and yeah. I'm done. Like I say hard. No, that's what, that's a hard no. Like if I don't want to do something, it's something I've learned to go. It's okay to say, no, I don't have to be this people pleaser anymore. I don't have to go, okay, well, they might want me to do this. No, if I don't want to do it, I'm not doing it. I'm done. <laughs> I'm just not, right. I'm over yeah. it. Absolutely. It, and, and to be there is such a cool thing. And there are a lot of people that aren't there yet. I mean, I got pushed back for sure along the way from, what do you mean you're moving to Colorado? You're 35. Don't you want to find a man? Don't you want to have kids? All of these different aspects. But the thing is, is those aren't my fears. Those are their fears that they're projecting on me. And that's the biggest thing that I had to realize in life is like, that's for you to hold. And if you feel like that, that's fine. But I know, do I want to get married? Do I want to have a family? Yes, eventually. But I also want to be my happiest, most authentic self. And I haven't been And living in that is going to put me in a situation where I can have those things. Look, I had the husband that made six figures, right? I had the perfect home in Royal Oak, Michigan, and it didn't make me happy because I wasn't happy with myself and I was with the wrong person. Right. What is that the saying that I, I say all the time? You can't, what is it? You can't love somebody else or be with somebody else until you are fully in love with yourself. Like that's a huge yeah. thing. My sister was recently going through a divorce and she was like, as her healing, that's one thing I would say to her is like, you love yourself, figure it out. You're, she was taking all the right steps and she eventually, she's a completely different person than when she was when she was married because she realized, again, I need to take care of myself. It's about me now. That's beautiful. Yeah, abs- absolutely. When I um, got divorced, when I moved out on my own, my business went from just doing okay to tripling within the first couple of months because I felt like I could really show up as me. Um, not that I, I'm not speaking, you know, ill against my ex at all, but he was way more traditional. And one of the things he said to me was like, I want a normal wife. And that was the, one of the most hurtful things he could say, especially because I knew I wasn't normal and I was okay with that, but he wasn't. And that was the big conversation where we ended up splitting was that I 
um, I'm not that normal wife. And I just, I, I'm living for changing the conversation with women. And that doesn't mean I can't be a good wife and a good person. That just means that I, I'm not this very traditional stay at home, like stay in a box sort of woman. I love that you were able to see that and recognize that and know that like, this isn't the right relationship for me because I can't be my authentic self in it. That's a lot, right? Like, yeah. So I think there's this, I also love that we're living in a world. I love marriage. I love love. So like, (laughs) I don't want anybody going through it, but I love that we're finally getting to a place to go, you know, okay, we tried it. We thought this is what we wanted. People grow, they change, mm-hmm. and it's it's okay. So long as you're not like leaving in a toxic manner, okay, or, or or an abusive manner. I get it. Like there's there's certain situations in which people just hate each other afterwards. But if you can come to terms with your partner and be like, okay, it's you want something different, I I want something different, and that's okay. We don't have to go through this whole process of I hate you or I'm this yeah, is let's mine. Normalize making it okay. Yeah, it's totally fine. That was one of the biggest reasons I started my podcast, Crying Burns Calories, is because I wanted people to know that like, you don't have to act like you're perfect. Look, none of us are perfect. In social media, we have this like facade where our lives seem perfect. You see this real, this like highlight reel of everybody's life when it's like, no, let's talk about the stuff that actually happens, the stuff that actually goes on and let's get through it together. Right. That's awesome. I love love, that. I love that. that. Because I've been in this whole thing too, like my sister, she's my closest thing to dealing with um, divorces. And that was one of her things. She's like, I just want this to be amicable. I don't want the drama. I don't want to deal with, she, she said handled, she's yeah. like, and she handled it very well. Yeah. And it's something that I look at like older generations who might have gone through divorce. Women don't necessarily handle it. You know, they become very, very emotional, emotional, spiteful. Why'd you do this to me? Rather than just going, okay, if it didn't work for this person, maybe it doesn't work for me. And allowing that person or allow the female allowing themselves to go, right. Like, I'm not happy either. Why did I, why am I, why am I fighting? Yeah, why this? am I going to get so mad at you to end it? I think, I'm not happy either. Yeah. I think it's mm-hmm. a great conversation or a show to normalize that it's okay to just not be okay. Like just absolutely. Go. And it's okay to, to do what feels right for you too. Like for me, um, going to court didn't feel right. I, even though we had a house together in Royal Oak, could I have fought for a lot more money? Absolutely. I could have. And I chose to walk away. And so many people told me that I was stupid and, you know, you should go after more and this and that, but it didn't align with me. I didn't want to spend the next six months in some battle in court. So right. I chose to like take a bed frame with me and my clothes and I chose to rebuild. And, and I think that's why my business was so successful because I put my energy into that instead of my energy into fighting for a past that was no longer serving me. Right. My sister did the same thing. So it's so like, I'm like, I'm so happy right now because it's really, it's great to see. And she did the same thing. She could have fought for more. They had a house together and she's like, you know what? She didn't go to court. She's like, I just want to sign the paperwork and let's be done. Like there's no, there's no need to carry this on. You can't move on and you can't heal if you're still living in the past or you're still fighting in the present. That you, you have to say, like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I want to heal and close that chapter to be able to move forward in a healthy way. Right. And fighting for the present would all would come to a halt if you're still living in the past. Right. So yeah. I think yeah. that's great. Absolutely. I could not agree more. Well, I love that for your sister. I'm excited for her. Yeah, she's 
she's a whole different person. I'm so proud of her. I think I can't say that enough. <laughs> oh, that's so good. My sister was like my biggest support through it all. So it, that's oh, important that you're there for her. Oh, I love that too. That's, that's great. All right. So what else do we have? I'm free, I'm free game to talk about anything. <laughs> what nutrition, you had a nutrition question, right? Let's talk about nutrition. So, well, let, let's carry down for this. So you put all of this energy into this business. And like I said, you've mentioned the podcast. I've listened to the podcast. You listen religiously. Crying burns calories. So everybody knows to find you. What other things have you built out of, you know, finding yourself going through the situations that you, you've um, experienced? What else came out of it? Cause you said that it's tripled. So what else did you do? Yes. So yeah, my business tripled and then, yeah, it did, it's done really, really well. But I think number one is, um, showing up for myself. Ultimately number one is I I'm showing up as my most authentic self where before on social media, I was trying to be like everybody else. I was trying to say and speak like everybody else did. And finally I said, screw this. And I started to get like a journal and a pen and paper, like who is my ideal client? What do I want to do? Like, how do I want to change their life? And I just started to go after that and build and build. I had all the education, right? I knew what I wanted to do. It just looked different than what other people were doing. It means maybe not, you know, using the people, what people are self-conscious about or using the diet culture rhetoric. I meant pulling back from all of that and diving deeper. Um, And so that was number one. Number two was asking better questions for my clients. My questions used to be very superficial. It was sort of like the coined coaching questions in the industry. And now I dive deep and I ask my clients questions like, like what, like, what do you really need? What holds you back? Like we start diving so much deeper into the body with hormones and blood sugar, and you start to learn truly about who they are inside and out. And that has helped me, um, skyrocket my client success. And when you skyrocket your client success, other people start seeing that. Right. It really starts to to rebound around. So then you start getting a lot of referrals from your clients and it's really just building a business, but it all came back to me showing up authentically. So is that mindset kind of what prompted you to want to start your podcast? Yes, a hundred percent. Absolutely. Because I I wanted, I guess I wanted a platform to speak more freely on. And at the time when I started it, I was a little bit nervous to navigate that on Instagram. And now you'll start to see that I really trickle it into my Instagram and build it in. And I've gotten a really good, really good feedback from that. But at first I wanted a platform to just speak more openly and freely about what I had been through as a woman, a woman, and also to bring other women on that had been through things and just really relate. I, I, for so long, I tried to show up perfect. And I was like relentless with, I want to show people that I'm human. Um, and because of, like I'm human, but I can also really freaking help you and change your life because you have that human connection, because you're not trying to be perfect or show up as somebody that you're not. Oh, I love that. This is great. I'm so <laughs> Good. Um, so all these all these things have kind of come to fruition with everything that you've been through. Um, I love the human self-talk or, you know, relating to other people. I think that's one of the things that we talk about a lot as well is just trying to let other people know that like, Hey, it's okay. We're, you know, we're dealing with similar situations or different situations or in a different place. One of the biggest things that we've noticed too, with all of our conversations is there's a place where people are starting. There's a place where people are in the middle of it. And then there's the people that, you know, have finished, somewhat of their healing journey, but are continuing a journey, so to speak. 
So it sounds like you've kind of maneuvered through all these different phases. So do you feel like you're still healing or do you feel like you're, you've kind of come to a place and now you're just moving along with the journey? I definitely feel like I'm coming from a place now of scars and not wounds. You know, for a while when I wasn't speaking about it, I think I wasn't ready to speak about it because I wasn't fully healed yet. Um, do I wish I would have changed that? Probably. I wish I would have been more vulnerable because I got such good feedback when I started to open up and mm-hmm. be more vulnerable. But for me, it was more comfortable to really heal first and then start talking about it. But I think a healing journey is ongoing because I think we're always evolving, right? I don't want to be in a year. I don't want to be the same Katie I am now. Right. Um, and, and if I am, to me, that's not winning. That's not growing. I always want to be growing and evolving. So I think a healing journey is just a continued, a truly a continued journey. It's not like you're like, oh, I'm completely healed. You know, even I dealt with emotional eating and binge eating for so long in my life. And there are still times where emotional eating will kick in. You know, you move to Denver by yourself and not know anyone. You're like, that chocolate is sounding pretty good right now. You know, you have things start to kick back in. You're not just, it's not like you're healed and you're over it completely, but you're just constantly working through like, actually, what would make me happy? What would actually show me my body love? So I have a question then kind of yeah. off of that. If you, you know, you mentioned being an emotional, an emotional eater as well. I guess my question would be to somebody who is very much struggling with that. Mm-hmm. H- how do you kind of gain control over that? Or where do you start for that? Like, right, because, um, you know, you've kind of, you're further along in that kind of journey, right? So you can move to a new city and you still are like, oh, I really want to eat that chocolate. But if it's somebody who's kind of new to like recognizing, like finally saying like, I'm an emotional eater, what do I even do? Where do I start? What would you say to them? That is such a great question. I think it's number one, finding out what's causing truly what's causing the emotional trigger. So I find for a lot of women, the emotional trigger actually starts with labeling food, good or bad. It goes like, yes, it becomes an emotion of like, I'm not feeling good about myself, but how do we even dive deeper and past that? Why aren't you feeling good about yourself? Why are you choosing that food? Because that food is labeled bad in your head. Right. And it's sort of that self-destructive, self-destructive behavior. And also it can turn into emotional eating, but for a lot of women, it starts with the idea of wanting to lose weight, the idea that you're not losing weight, the idea that you're failing on your diet. And then when you feel like you're failing and you're not happy with your body and all of these limiting beliefs and self-doubt kick in, then the emotion starts, right? And then we start to reach for the emotional eating. And that can be self-doubt, that can be stress, it can be anxiety, all different sorts of things. But truly a lot of it, the root cause of it is years and years of diet culture and labeling foods as good or bad and wanting to be successful and not feeling like we're successful that day. And that's really when it kicks in. Or in some cases, it's you're going through something and you want to fill a void, right? I did a whole episode. Sorry, I was going to say, is it also kind of a comfort thing? Like you're having a bad day, let me eat this because it's going to be comforting. Yes. So that's another aspect of it, right? There's two, usually two different types of emotional eating. And the first one is coming from like fear of failure of your diet, which is sort of triggering binges or years and years of diet culture and rhetoric and self-worth issues. And then the other one is you're trying to fill an emotion with food, right? It's like a little food hug. Sometimes nothing makes us happier than that. And what you're really trying to do is 
you're trying to fill something that isn't going to get filled with food. We obviously know that it's a temporary high. It's like, you get a little serotonin released, your blood sugar spikes. You're like, Oh man, I'm so glad I'm like elbow deep in this bag of chips. I'm so glad I'm eating this ice cream. And then an hour later, you're like, what did I do? Why did I do this? Who do I think I am? Why do I, why do I struggle with this so bad? Because you're trying to fill an an emotion with food when it actually needs to be filled with what you need. You know, for me, one of the biggest things out here in Colorado was feeling alone and food wasn't going to fill that. What was going to fill that connection? Right. And if I would have went to food, I would have left, went like even more lonely and more empty. So I needed to start connecting with people. I started to meet random people who, who were like, go out to coffee with this girl and my friends out in Colorado. And I got a job at a you know studio here teaching classes to start to meet people because I secluded myself for the first week. And I felt for the first couple of weeks, I felt really sad. Um, so you, it's, it's finding what emotion you're, you're feeling and filling that with, like, if you're feeling stressed, what can you do? Like movement as medicine, walking is the easiest form. Can you go for a walk? Can you give yourself, can you take an Epsom salt bath? Can you go get a massage? You know, if, if it's, what is the emotion you're feeling and how do we actually fill that emotion versus trying to fill it with food and being left in a worse position? Oh my gosh. You are filled with so much knowledge. No, I wasn't. <laughs> I like want to have you back so I could just ask you all the things that I've researched and make sure I understand it correctly. I know. I might reach out separately. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's, I'm totally okay with that. Um, if, if somebody wants to work with you, how yeah. can they do that and where can they find you? So that's a great question. My bit, my main platform is going to be Instagram. So I'm conditioned by Katie on Instagram. I have a website conditioned by Katie.com, but I would say my, my IG and then my podcast platform, which is crying burns calories. And right now I do one-on-one coaching is probably the biggest aspect of my business. And I also do a small group program called master your metabolism. Um, but I am in the works of developing a different program that really brings mastering your metabolism and also mastering the emotional part behind it, the masculine and the feminine, right? How do we get structure and weight loss, but how do we honor our body and how do we honor our mindset? So I'm working on bringing the two together and launching that program probably in April. I don't know the name yet. I'm going back and forth between a couple, but as of right now, one-on-one coaching, small group coaching, um, is, is the biggest way to work with me. And are you taking on new clients? I am. Yes, I am. Perfect. Awesome. Okay. So I have, I have one last question for you before we, we let you go. Yes. What is one thing you used to apologize for in the past, but you are unlikely to apologize for now? Being different, not being normal. And I, and I'm fully accept that. I knew I was not, I knew I was different from when I was a younger girl. I swear to you, I, I grew up in a very um, conservative family church every Sunday and Wednesday. And in that culture, you got married young, you had kids young. And as I got, got, older, I was like, this isn't going to be my life. And then even, you know, that conversation with my ex where he said, I want a normal wife. Old Katie would have been like, gosh, I'm so sorry. How can I fix this? And this new empowered Katie was like, I'm not normal. I'm not a normal wife. And I'm actually okay with that. Oh, I love that. That is so good. Sorry. I don't know what I clipped out of it. I'm still going off. Sorry about that. Oh, I love that. I loved everything about this. You are amazing. Um, 
I have, again, always freaking speechless after these interviews. Um, but yes, uh, please, for those that are listening, reach out to Katie for any questions or one-on-one -on -one coaching. Um, sorry, I don't know why that keeps doing that. Let me see. It's fine. I'll figure it out. Anyways, uh, <laughs> for those that are listening, if you like what you heard, you can find us on um, any of your podcast platforms at Unlikely to Apologize. Um, we also have email at hello at unlikely to apologize.com. And you can find us on Instagram and Facebook, Unlikely to Apologize podcast. Yes. I did it. Thank you so much, Katie. Yeah, of course. I feel like Nikki asked, normally I ask really good questions, <laughs> but I'm just like over here so nervous. <laughs> Why? Don't be nervous. I was so excited when you reached so, out to me. I'm on top of my shit today. I know. I'm so grateful for you for being here. Um, yeah, thank you for yes. saying yes. You're, I know you're. Yeah, of course. You're of course. We so much knowledge. Uh, thank you. Awesome. Like truly, thank you for having me and just letting me share my story. And any questions you guys have, nutrition questions, send them my way. Oh my God, I'm going to say you don't answer that. You do not want to open that door because it's, it's going to be like, <laughs> it's going to be too long. <laughs> so long. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for having me. Oh, we loved having you. Yes, it's great. Thank you so much. Good. You're welcome. Take care. Have a great night. Bye. You too. Bye. Bye.